0: Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. To empower you. I am your host, as always, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you decided to join me, to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about true believers. Yes, true believers. This is a teaching podcast. So go and grab your Bibles and something to write with and take some notes if you would like. I have some really good things that I want to share with you today. I was thinking about this topic, True Believers. It's really ringing true in light of our world that we live in. We have a lot of falsehood, a lot of people that are pretending. There are a lot of people that are getting hurt and led astray because people to whom they thought was once true was really down for the cause. is not anymore. We have a lot of people that are up one day, down the next in terms of what they believe. One day they believe this, the next day they believe that. And so it's really difficult to build relationships and bonds with people who are just up and down and up in the air and tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by what the media is saying. And so is there any people that are true? tried and true. I do believe that they are. And if you are listening to me and you're kind of waffling and going back and forth in certain things, I think it's so important that we wise up and even grow up. This is one of the reasons why I decided to even do this podcast, because it gives me an opportunity to look back and really try to empower young people, young married couples, young singles, people who are really wanting to live for God, But they just can't find any examples, people that they can look to that are steady, that are strong in their convictions. It's difficult to follow people when they are bouncing around like a basketball. And so we don't want to be that way. People that are thoughtful minded, people that really, again, are down for the cause of Christ and people who are willing to stand up, be hard down with their boots laced up, really about what they say that they are. And so today I want to challenge you in some things in this particular passage of scripture, and I'm going to give it to you in a moment. But the first thing that I would say to you is whatever you're going to be, be true to it. I don't care what it is. Whatever you are going to be in life, be true to it and be true to you. I think the Greeks said, To thine own self be true. It's so difficult to convince people of something you are not convinced of. And so we need to be convinced that God is the absolute power. So if God is the absolute power, There's no other power but God. But if you're waffling and going back and forth, see, the problem is we're just taken advantage of by what we see, by the carnal realm, by the sensory realm, by our conscience, our carnality, by what we hear, by what we feel by what someone is saying to us, and I get it and I understand it, but there is another realm of living. There is another way out and into a realm, the fourth dimension with a super conscience, with a God part of us arises and shines and lives out the true destiny that God has prepared for us. God has prepared something wonderful for you, but you got to be true to it. And so this passage of scripture in Acts chapter 17, verse number 11, it is a familiar passage to me and to those that read their Bibles. And I think It's so important that we look at this, and I'm going to take some time and unpack this again when we talk about true believers. In Acts chapter 17, if you have your Bibles, in verse number 11, I just want to read this verse, and prayerfully, it will convince you at least to the point that there were some things going on back in the Bible days where a group of people— who were tried and true, who really believed what God was saying. Because we have so many jaded people and they're jaded because they've been hurt by other jaded people. And see, people that are hurt, all they can do is hurt. This is why we got to be healed in our souls, Receive the engrafted word that is able to save your soul. So our mind needs to be saved so that we can think like Christ. And one of the things that I lament, even in my own life, I didn't really, truly begin to learn how to think until I got into my thirties. I mean, really, honestly, I mean, really to understand how the mind works, understand how to process things, understand how to not let stuff that people said to me stick to me and wound me and frustrate me and make me mad and forget about all that God said. Man, I was well into my 30s before I figured that out. And even now, you know, as I'm always a student of the word of God, it's becoming easier to me. But you've got that old man who wants to rise up and who wants to tell you that everything you're thinking and everything you're doing is wrong. But the more you stay with this, you'll be able to become a true believer. But once again, you should be there by now. Acts chapter 17, verse number 11. Notice what it says. Now, these were more noble minded. If that's in your Bible, underscore that than those in Thessalonica. For they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. I'm going to read this to you again. Now, these were more noble-minded. And so when we talk about noble-minded, we're talking about people of excellent or superior quality. They were very intentional in terms of the things that they heard and the things that they did. So the Bible points out that these were noble-minded people, much more noble-minded people than those that were in Thessalonica. Here's why. For they received the word with great eagerness. In other words, they wanted it. And examining the scriptures daily, not monthly, not whenever they was in trouble. Now, when things were bad, they did this as a practice. Watch this now. To see whether these things were so. They lived it out until it was so. They stayed with it until it was so. They just didn't back out on it. They heard it Monday and it didn't happen in 24 hours. They just backed out on it. We got a lot of people in our world. If it don't happen in 24 hours, God is a lie. The preacher is a lie. The church is a lie. The folks that are naming the name of Christ is a lie. Nothing happens overnight. You are a sum total of what you have heard, the people that you have lived with, the things that you have experienced. There's just a horn of cornucopia of so many things that makes us who we are. And so we can just not get rid of that overnight. That's why I always tell people, you got to give God some time to work. Because if you're a liar, you just didn't become a liar today. (laughs) You've been working on that for a long time. The thief that was stealing, he just didn't become a thief today. He's been working on his craft. So if you're going to be a true believer, you got to work on your own stuff and prove out to those that are watching that God is tried and true. He is not a man that he should lie. He is nothing of this plane. He is nothing of this terra firma. He is nothing that you have ever seen and witnessed before. And then we, when we can understand that God lives on the inside of us, our lives can be transformed and it can be true and it can be steady and it can be legit. So when somebody is looking at you and to you, You know in what you're talking about. You just don't have head knowledge. You got heart knowledge. You got experience knowledge that says to you that God is the real deal. Now, Luke seems to want us to view Berea in contrast to Thessalonica rather than in terms of comparison. So, one contrast is to be seen in the size of the two places. Thessalonica was large. It was a major city. Berea, so far as we can tell, was pretty much a small town. So another contrast is in the way they responded to the word of God. Notice I said this to you in the opening scripture, that the word noble-minded, and it comes from the Greek word eugenis, from which we get our French word eugenics. So the Greek word means well-born, or highborn. And in Luke chapter 19, verse 12, the word is translated nobleman. In Greek and biblical understanding, to be a eugenos primarily was to be born of noble birth. But it can also refer to noble character. It is clearly used in the latter sense in our verse. And so here's a couple of things that we need to understand that you don't necessarily have to be born of noble birth in terms of culture. But when you receive the message of Christ, it transforms you and makes you of noble birth because we are not born from this kingdom. We're not born from this earthly realm. Before our mothers and fathers got together under the starry skies, and made us, we were born in the mind of God. So he already knew what we would and could become if he was on the inside of us. We got limitations from our natural parents. We've got uh, mistakes and sin and degradation, and the list goes on and on about what's in our natural bloodline. But when we get hooked up to God, everything in the natural dissipates because we are living of a higher order. And this is what it really means to be of noble birth or to be noble minded. And this Berea church seems to have had some things that were great. Now, again, according to the scripture, that these were more noble minded than those that were in Thessalonica. And so it's not a dig at Thessalonica. It's just that these people were true in that their desire was wanting to really live out this thing that they were being taught. And this is why I said you got to give this a chance and a shot. And especially if you listen to me, if you're a young person and you just trying to figure out what church is about, why somebody always trying to get me to church and this, that, and the third. Listen, you have to be placed in an environment for change. Change is just not gonna run you down. Change is just not going to happen to you by osmosis. You have got to be in an environment where the word of God, the true word of God is going forth in convicting Holy Ghost power, where it's changing your process of thinking, changing what you have thought prior, changing every aspect of your life and helping you to understand who you really are. You don't want to be 60 and 70 years old finding out who you are. You want to find out who you are in your teens. You want to find out who you are in your 20s. Because the moment you know who you are, you can do great and mighty exploits. You can do things. You can imagine things. And you can become those things that God has placed inside of you. Now, to understand the Bereans' noble character we have to remember what we saw in the beginning of Acts chapter 17 about those that were in Thessalonica. And it is in contrast with the Thessalonians that verse number 11 praises the noble character of the Bereans. The virtue of the Bereans was the opposite of the vice of the Thessalonians in that the Bereans, watch this, they received the word with great eagerness. Do you receive God's word with eagerness, or do you receive it with a raised eyebrow? You know that you can hear God's word. You can hear it being preached by somebody, and you're like, "Nah, man, I don't know about that. Oh no, man, that's just not true." So we become jaded, and if you got doubt anywhere lingering, fear anywhere lingering on the inside of you, it's gonna constantly fight you to the nail. And for some reason. When the Berea church heard this, according to the scripture, not only were they eager, but they examined the scripture. They were in their word. They didn't just hear it for face value, but they got in it and to prove what the preacher was saying, you know, to see if this is true. Are these just old wives' tales? Is this just mother goose? What is this? Is this the real deal? I mean, come on, when you get ready to go buy something, get ready to go on vacation, that and the third, you examine certain things. Let me check out this hotel, see what the reviews are. Let me check out this price and see if I'm getting scammed. We understand how to research things. We understand how to check things out. But when it comes to God's word, it's some hustle. It's some hyped up thing. God, let me say this to you. God is not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you because everything God is doing, he's going to do it through you. It's coming through you, not coming to you. I'm going to say that again. It's coming through you, not to you. This is an inside job. But if your insides are messed up, if you jaded on the inside, I mean, how is this stuff going to happen? I mean, how are you going to get from here to there? So we got to work on some things. This is why I love this scripture, because it's so tried and true. And it helps us to understand, man, that these folks receive the word with great eagerness, unlike some of the Jews at Thessalonica. Now, I'm not going to go into why all that was, but we do know that they had a quality that the Thessalonians just didn't have. And it's not that the Thessalonians couldn't have had the same view. They decided not to, for whatever their reasons were. You know, sometimes, you know, you come from, you know, a big area and it's so many things that are happening. It's a large city, it's major. We got this going on, that going on, but there's a lot of temptations in these bigger places. But because Berea was small, maybe well-knit, maybe had a more firm foundation, maybe not all these distractions, maybe this was why they could plow into God's word, which means that I'm not telling you to move from the big city that you're in, but what you gotta do, man, is come apart, disconnect, and get underground for a season. Just you and God and let him work in you and work out of you and uproot the things that are inside that are hindering you from being true, that are hindering you from being false, that are hindering you from keep going around the same mountain where no one can correct you or help you to see some things differently. And this is so important because God can't help you if you are not a willing participant. This notion that he's gonna take you kicking and screaming is a lie. Because the Spirit of God is a gentleman. He gonna be gentle. He's not gonna force himself on you. So if that is how you think God is, that could be one of the number one reasons why it's difficult for you to come into some things. Because you know, we were just raised and born in a house where things were just forced on us and beat into us. You kind of think that's how God is. You kind of think that's how he operates, but he doesn't. And so they were ready. And willing to receive. And you and I need to be ready and willing to receive. So the Bereans did not doubt or resist the gospel message like many people do and they did not persecute here's a good one the preachers or give them a hard time why is it that we give people a hard time that's trying to help us but the people that's trying to scam us the people that's trying to take advantage of us we so forgiving of them but we don't do that with people that's trying to help us i've never understood why is it that the people in our lives that really love us, that are really trying to give us some good truth, we mean to them, but the people that lie to us and, you know, they just running all kinds of games and scams, we just give them chance after chance that something is wrong with our mentality. But I love this because they didn't give the preachers at that time a hard way to go. I think as a pastor, that's probably one of the things that stands out to me because we want to help people. We want to bring them into the thing that we know is true so their lives can be better. And if we had more of a buy-in from people that are sitting in our ministries and in our churches so that they cannot persecute us, but hear the word of God in simplicity, hear it with an open mind. Keep coming back in here because, again, you're not going to be great on your own. You're not going to be successful on your own. Whatever you're going to become, God is going to drop you in an environment and train you through a person or persons that you will submit your life to so that you can try this out and see for yourself that this works. And so we see it here. These folks were noble character. And again, they were not suspicious. They were not hard to convince, but because they were teachable, they had the receptivity to receive the gospel. And that's what you got to be. You have to be flexible, available, and teachable. That's what you got to be. Flexible, available, and teachable. And I call that fat. That's what we got to be. We got to be fat, we can't be rigid, man. If you really gonna be a true believer, you're gonna have to make up in your mind that you're in this for the long haul. Not just in this for the time being. You no, know, people get in relationships, man, for the time being. They get in business for the time being. They go to school for the time being. You just can't be in something for the time being. I get it. When you're young, you really don't understand time. You really don't understand opportunities. Man, when you get older, you're like, I don't have time to waste time. And I'm going to be honest with you. When you're younger, you really don't have time to waste time. You got to be serious about the things that you believe is going to take you where God said he would. Again, because he's not going to take you kicking and screaming. So the noble-minded Jews of Berea were looking for Messiah and did not need to be convinced of anything else other than the fact that Jesus was the promised Messiah. These Jews received the word with great eagerness. They obviously loved the word of God and sought to live by it. It was a maxim among the Jews that none of the noble spirit who did not employ himself in the study of the law. Paul seemed to have worked hard to convince any Jews in Thessalonica. That can be a hard way to go. So Luke speaks of Paul's ministry there as reasoning explaining and giving evidence. And those who believed as being persuaded, the same effort is not required at Berea. You get it? You know, when you're teaching somebody and you got to persuade them, you know, you got to come up with magic tricks and swing from a trapeze and swallow gasoline and blow it out like fire. I mean, come on, man. This ain't Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. Come on, y'all. We got to get to a place where we work out our own soul salvation and we come to the place where we got some doubt and unbelief in our heart. And that's got nothing to do with God. It's got nothing to do with the preacher. And so Paul's way seems to have been difficult with these at Thessalonica. And this is not what we want to be. You can get further with your teacher, with your pastor, minister, elder, if you just do your own work on you before you sit up under the word, before you even hear the word. So when you hear it, you have prepared your heart to receive some truth, no matter how it's coming or who it's coming from. Because what we want is to produce. What we want is to see these things come to pass. And again, the same effort is not required at Berea. So in my final closing, the Greek word translated receive means to receive by deliberate and ready acceptance of what is offered. When I was young and growing up, you know, we didn't always have the opportunity for my mom to ask us what we wanted to eat. We did on occasion, but a lot of times, man, whatever was prepared, we had to eat that. If you didn't, you wasn't going to eat. So you received it because you knew you didn't have any other options. Problem today is we got too many options, man. And this is why we, you know, we'll say, I don't want this. I don't want that. I want it this way. I want it cooked that way. I want it fried that way, royal that way, fileted that way. This is not Burger King. This is God's way. And we got to be more humble and grateful for the fact that we've got an opportunity to sit at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ and hear the word that is coming through his anointed servants. And when you are ready to receive something, you're not looking for an option. You're not looking for another way. He said, this is the way, and I'm convinced of it, and I'm going to walk in it. W.E.V. Vine says, the word in this context connotes favorable reception of testimony and teaching. They sought or they thought about the word. They meditated on it and openly embraced the truth of God's word. I'm going to say that again. They thought thought about the word, meditated on it, and openly embraced the truth of God's word. And that's what you got to do. That's why I said you got to learn how to think. You got to learn how to think about the word. You got to learn how to meditate on the word. And you got to openly embrace the truth of God's word. And Luke writes, receive the word with great eagerness man, they were ready. It's so easy to teach when people are ready. It's so easy to build a relationship when you know you're building it with somebody that is just as eager as you are. It's so easy to work with people and love on people when there's no contention there. So what we got to do is, once again, we've got to work on ourselves. Receiving the word then, And now means a willingness and an eagerness to hear what God says on any topic. Are you at that place where you can receive God's word and what it says on any topic? Most of us are not because, see, only a hit dog hollers. See, we can say amen to something when we're not involved in it. But when we're involved in it, it's difficult to have that same energy but this is where we stumble and fall and we don't progress in consciousness. We don't progress in the things of God. We don't move forward in our lives and we stay stuck because we are unwilling to hear what God has to say on any topic. Lord, make us ready and willing. Lord, help us to hear what you wanna say. Lord, help us to get ourselves in a position to when it is that we hear something that we've never heard before. Before we throw it out, before we say it's heresy, let's do what this church did. They received the word with great eagerness, examining the scripture. They examined this thing to see if it's true. And baby, if it's true, wrap it up and walk out with it, because God's got something in store for you. Finally, my last verse, James chapter 1. 21. I want to leave you with this. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. I said that earlier in the podcast but I wanted to give you the full context of scripture. We've got to be able to receive this word, let this thing get implanted, let it get soaked, let it get sewn in, let it get sauteed in us until we come out smelling like a wonderful fragrance to our God. God has so many wonderful things in store for you, but I want you to work on being a true believer, not a false one, not a fake one, not one that's in it one day, out the next. No, man. God says, I want you to be a true believer and you can. I'm praying for you. Well, that's all that I wanted to share with you today. I pray that this episode was a blessing to you. And as always, if it was, I want you to send me an email to info at Go to my website today as well thomasadeloach.com. I have a subscriber box on the homepage. Put your email in there and click the send button and I will send you a free PDF that will encourage you in the things of God. And I will send you a monthly e-blast that will give you some things to think about so that we can continue to empower you in the things of God. On my same website, thomasadeloach.com, scroll down to the bottom of the screen. If you've been blessed, why don't you consider being a financial partner with me? And I thank all of those who are financially partnering this podcast. It helps me to continue to come on and to share these things with you. But if you would go down to the bottom of the screen. You'll see a donation tab. No dollar amount is too big or too small. Give and God will be well pleased. And it's the law of reciprocity. What you make happen for my show, God will make happen for you. He promised in his word that he would do exactly that. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give unto your bosom. As always, I'm praying for you. Believe in God's best. Share this show with someone to help them to be convinced and convicted to the point that they need to become a true believer. Let's do great in somebody's life today. And until next time, be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, Inspired and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer request, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com. And follow me on Instagram at Thomas a. Deloge, and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloge. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be, be empowered. empowered.